Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Oops. Hey, guys, I just wanted to point out an error. At the beginning of this episode, I said it was recorded June 24th, 2019. Well, as of today, which is June 15th, that would be the future. And I don't have a time machine. This episode was actually recorded Friday, June 14th, 2019. Welcome to Voluntary Input, recorded live June 24th, on a Friday, 2019. Thank you for joining me for the second uh, live simulcast of the show. This week, uh, we'll just be touching on some of the exciting things that happened this week. Uh, So tonight's episode is new for this week, for the week of June 10th. There are a few little highlights that, uh, that I just wanted to touch on. So let's go ahead and get started. Okay, first and foremost, before we jump jump deep into the show, I just wanted to make a quick correction here. Uh, I said last week when I was talking about the the streaming app Philo, and I was talking about how I had told my mother-in-law about it, how it was a great value for someone like her who hardly watches TV, but she does like to watch the Fox News Network. And I had said that uh, the Fox News Network does have a standalone streaming app, which they do. And I had thought that you could actually just get the app and maybe pay a uh, monthly subscription, but that's not the case. Um, The fact of the matter is to use that app, you have to have an existing uh, cable subscription, which brings me to one thing that I that kind of always nags at me a little bit about the whole uh, cord cutting thing. I noticed there's a lot, well, not a lot. There's quite a few networks that do this. They'll release a standalone streaming app, but they require you to have a cable subscription. To me, this is kind of a, I think it's kind of a, in my opinion, it's, it's an undercut way of, of the cable companies as well as the networks to say, oh yeah, you cut the cord, but is it really worth it to you? Because the only way you're going to use this is if you still have cable. So in my opinion, a lot of the times, it's just silly. Why would you have a standalone streaming Fox News Network app if the only way you can use it is you have to have cable? You might as well just keep cable. And I think that's kind of the, the little game that they play. Eh, you know, I, in my opinion, it's a it's a little tit for tatish. 
but whatever. Now, the, the only ones I can see that, and I do know that some people that get value out of it is say, for example, um, the HBO app. Um, I do know people who they, they want to have HBO for their shows, let's say like Game of Thrones, but they don't want the HBO package that their uh, cable company thrusts upon them. I remember back when I had cable, man, I, I swear I had like six to 10 HBOs and barely watched one of them. And so it was like, why would I want to pay for that? Just give me the one that I want with the shows that I want. Now, in that case, I guess I could see the value in that. But to be honest, in the long run, I I think it's just silly to say, well, I'm going to get rid of cable. But I do want this app. And then for the app creator to turn around and say, hey, we have this app. But the only way you can use it is, is if you have cable. Uh, if, if anyone else can, you know, if you can, you know, steer me in the right direction of this and make sense of it for me, I, I'd love if you would. Uh, you can shoot an email to voluntaryinput at gmail.com or you can visit my website, leojallenjr.com and hit the contact me link there. And just, you know, tell me how that works as a value to you. How is it that you could use a standalone app which requires you to have a cable subscription, what's the value in that? I I personally, I just don't see the point. (laughs) And also, before I get too far into it, if you could, if um, hit that subscribe button, we all know what that does. Thanks a lot. Okay, so let's let's move right along here. Uh, first and foremost, this week was E3, the big gamers convention, uh, and I just wanted to point out some of the 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 possibly what's considered some of the biggest announcements uh, from E3 this year. Uh, the new Xbox Scarlet system. A lot of people have been waiting for this. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of talk about backwards compatibility with games and apparently that's a lot of what Microsoft is working on with the Scarlet system. They they said they wanted to focus on making sure, you know, yeah, you buy this new console and you could still play your old games. I I remember you know, I personally I've always kind of stuck with Sony PlayStation. That was always a big thing. You know, the next console comes out and you've already purchased all these games. You know, it was great to know, hey, yeah, PlayStation 2 came out and I can still play my PlayStation 1 games. Uh, it just seems as the years have gone by, and, you know, and gaming has progressed, a lot of these systems, you know, we're back to that fear of, yeah, we're, we're going up to the next level and all this money I've already spent, kind of out of it unless I hold on to that legacy system, which is fine and all, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't have a problem with having two or three consoles laying around, but it would be nice if you just have that one console that plays all of your games. And uh, at last check, that's uh, that's what I'd heard Microsoft was working on with Scarlet. But the the thing is, we really don't lot, you know, we don't have a lot of details about it. Um, they just say like it's four times more powerful than the Xbox One X. Um, and it should be coming out sometime next year, 2020, around the holiday season. Another big igni- uh, announcement, which is still kind of 
veiled in a little secrecy. I have a, uh, quite a few friends who are who would be excited about this one is the new Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. It uh, looks like this is being teased for uh, the holiday season of 2020 as well. And again, there isn't a lot of there aren't a lot of details about you know, you know about this game, but the fact of the matter is uh, Nintendo did tease it at E3. Keanu Reeves, <laughs> this one, this one was kind of a funny one because I actually had heard about this on uh, the Twit Network. Uh, this uh, cyberpunk 2077 game that he makes a guest appearance in. Now, apparently he only makes a, a quick shot at the uh, towards the end of the game. But, you know, it's still cool that Keanu Reeves is in this game. Yeah, that that got announced. And it looks like the release date for that is around April of next year, April 2020. Uh, Marvel Marvel Avengers. Uh, their rele- the release date for that game also got announced. That looks like it's going to be March of 2020. That one I'm I'm kind of looking forward to, um, only because you know I'm a pretty big Avengers fan and it, it looks pretty sweet. Uh, new Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 12 remake. It got announced as well, and that looks like that's coming in March of 2020 also. So yeah, I mean E3 it's always a um it's always a big you know kind of a big exciting thing because there are a lot of games out there. So, you know what like, you know what a lot of people like to do is try to focus on the, the biggest announcements with the big but, you know, the biggest buzz like the Xbox announcement. So, yeah, sure, we didn't hear a lot about what it is and what, you know, what's coming, but at least we know, you know, Microsoft basically confirmed that it is coming. All right, moving right along. Speaking of cord cutting, uh, this week, Silicon Dust actually announced the they finally released a native Roku channel app. Now, for those of you who have been following my, let's just call it my adventures in cord cutting, you know that my, the, the, uh, the core of my setup is the Plex server. Now, the reason why I got a Silicon Dust HD home run, uh, extend was because it was a way to view live channels through Plex as well as use the Plex DVR feature. So basically, you get your um, Silicon Dust HD Home Run box, you hook an antenna up to it, and then you connect it to your Plex server, and you can watch live TV through it. Now, there were there were a few little things that, a few little nuances about it that I never really cared for. Um, one being that, Sometimes Plex has a problem with transcoding fast enough for me. So there were a lot of channels that I just simply could not get, even though they show up on my local channel lineup and they show up in my uh, HD home run box. So what I've learned, what I've noticed so far about this, this beta channel is that those very channels, they actually come in when they're just directly transcoded from the silicon dust box 
the uh, HD home run box that I have. Now, the only, you know, it is beta. So one thing I would suggest to Silicon Dust is, uh, for one, the the uh, the channel scrolling. They're still using that, you know, the old school uh, side scroll technique. Um, that's cool and all, but a grid is better. You know, I, I think we as humans, we as people watching TV after all these decades or how long TV's been around, you know, we, we've just gotten accustomed to the grid and, and it just makes more sense. Uh, side scrolling can be a little, eh, but it, but it's fine. You know, the fact of the matter is that they did make the channel. Now, when they first announced it, uh, I tried to install it on my TCL Roku TV as well as my uh, uh, Insignia Roku TV. And essentially what you would do, they have a channel code. You would go to your Roku, uh, your Roku account and go to the add channel section, put in the channel code and boom. It would say congratulations. Now, if you're familiar with Roku, all you have to do at that point is just go into the system settings and select system update and have it check for updates. Now, unfortunately, it just would not show up. However, I reached out to Silicon Dust and, you know, they just asked for, you know, what what version of um the Roku OS was running on my TVs. I let them know and they said, OK, sit tight. It was about an hour later. They said, yeah, we needed to run an update and we pushed it out. Sure enough, it started working. So now I have a native Roku or I'm sorry, a native um, HD home run app on my Roku. So I don't have to run it through Plex. And like I said, I've noticed that a lot of channels that Plex wouldn't let play are now playing. Now, unfortunately for Silicon Dust, the timing of this is a little bit unfortunate because they just uh, earlier this year had to kill their premium service. Now, for those of you who are familiar with that, basically they launched um, a streaming service, essentially, where you could get a lot of your network uh, TV channels and they had the big news network channels as well. You know, your CNNs and your Foxes or whatever. But unfortunately, there there was a uh, there was a licensing issue, so they they had to stop. Um, uh, essentially, their premium service was powered by uh, Omniverse One World Television. And what happened was Omniverse got sued uh, by a lot of the major Hollywood studios for alleged copyright infringement. So basically, the, the easiest way to explain it is um, the way it sounds, Omniverse may or may not have gotten clearance from some of the bigger, the bigger players in the game, especially like Disney. So once they got sued, Silicon Dust kind of had no choice uh, but to drop the premium service. Now, to be 100% clear here, I don't want anyone to think I'm spreading any kind of rumors. Silicon Dust did not get sued for this because the fact of the matter is they weren't the ones that were, you know, they weren't actually pushing out channels. They were essentially using another service who told them, yes, 
we are licensed to provide this content to you and you can go ahead and uh, run it through your boxes. But it seems like, you know, as it turns out, that was not the case. So unfortunately, that got shut down. And it would have been cool because now that they have this native Roku channel, I just running through my mind, um, I would probably drop Philo <laughs> and I would probably disconnect it from my Plex because Silicon Dust says, you know, they have said, even though the DVR feature isn't ready now, they are still working on it. So the DVR works through the app itself. And I'm a one-stop shop kind of guy. So, you know, it would be great if I just had one app uh, that could do all of that. So, but in either case, the channel is there. And if you have a Roku device or a Roku TV, you know, you can head on over to uh, Silicon Dust and you can find out all of the information you need about that. <laughs> okay. And in other news... Um, Shaway, it, it just continues. It's like it's like a snowstorm for them. So this week they did announce, or well, they didn't announce it, but some information was found that uh, they were applying for copyrights for their own operating system for you know their devices because of the big storm that fell upon them regarding Google when Google said, well, you're no longer basically, you know, you're not getting any more updates. Then Google recanted on that. Google has kind of said, you know, now they're saying, well, if Xiaomi is blocked, this could be big problems for Android overall as an ecosystem and back and forth and back and forth we go. Well, in the meantime, it was found that you know, in the background, Xiaowei has been, they applied for copyrights for their own operating system. And this only makes sense if you ask me, because they're starting to get forced into this corner of, you know, if we want to continue to sell and operate basically in the world, we have to find a way to circumvent what the U.S. is doing to us. So if Google is going to cut off, cut us off from Android, we have to have, you know, our own contingency. We need our own operating system. You know, I've made it abundantly clear before. I personally don't want to see them fail. I think it I think it would be a disservice to pretty much, you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of companies and a lot of the world market in general to have a company like Xiaowei fail because of something that may or may not even be true. So. We're, we're just going to have to kind of sit back and watch this one unfold, I guess. But yeah, in the meantime, it looks like they're going to be putting, you know, they're going to be putting together their own operating system so they can say, hey, guys, yeah, we kind of got kind of got, uh, let's face it, screwed over, but we're still here. We're still making great phones. And but the biggest problem is they need to be trusted, you know, with their network equipment. So like I said before, I hope they. I hope they um, it turns out that that they are clean and and we can all move forward beyond this. All right, moving on. I know a couple of you may have seen this little flash card pop up here, but basically what happened was um, yesterday, it turns out PlayStation Sony had a major, major outage. And what this is here is the uh, network status page. I'm just trying to check and see where they are now. Um, 
basically a lot, especially PlayStation View people, uh, users were noticing they were getting this 409 error. And if you're familiar with uh, networking and whatnot, 409 basically means there were network problems. So first we had Google went down. What was that a week or two ago? And now it happened to Sony. Uh, so it started off of, uh, at first, a few people were tweeting, hey, I, I can't launch view. What's going on? What's going on? And then it quickly snowballed into pretty much all of Sony services from gaming and social, um, PlayStation Now, PlayStation Video, and so on and so forth. And it looks like account management is still down. Uh, but when I check the details of that, that's basically if you want to make any changes to like uh, usernames and passwords, it looks like they're still having a problem with that. But yeah, they, uh, fortunately, Sony, the, uh, PlayStation, they, they, they suffered a, a big outage just the other day. Um, lots of reports came in and hopefully they can rebound from that. All right. So. Lastly, I just want to do a couple of picks, a couple of things that I found um, found to be enjoyable entertainment wise. Uh, my first pick, I want to thank my friend Jason Falter from Scanner Drone for bringing this one to my attention. And you may have heard a lot of buzz about this. It is a sci-fi thriller called I Am Mother, and it's currently on Netflix. Now, there's a lot of good sci-fi out there. But this one, I put in the category of great sci-fi. Uh, this movie, it's one of those ones you have to watch. And I like that. Like, you can't just go, well, I'm just going to walk away, come back, whatever, yada, yada. There are a lot of little intricate, intricate, intricate details in this movie that if you turn away, you're going to miss them. Now, I will warn you. If you do any online reading of reviews of this movie, if you haven't seen it yet, actually, I would advise you not to. Because some of the reviews I've seen contain some spoilers. And they're not just spoilers that just give away the ending. Like, they're spoilers of some details in this movie that are the, de they're the details that make this movie good. And I think it does a disservice to people who haven't seen it yet. For people to post these details, if that makes any sense. So essentially, this occurs in a dystopian future where there's been this extinction level event. And there is this, this android, this AI powered android, who is tasked with uh, saving humanity. Now, that saving humanity part gets a little deeper than just hey, let's repopulate the earth. You got to watch it to see what that means. And as far as those spoilers go, what I hope you don't run across before you watch this, uh, the spoilers talk about the dates and timelines that are displayed in this movie. Don't pay any attention to them. If you see anything that starts talking about that, turn away, quickly turn away and just go watch this movie. It's a great movie. Um, uh, it's been a while personally since I've seen a sci-fi movie that I can say was great. I've seen some good ones, but this one really is great. So again, it's called I Am Mother and it's currently running on Netflix. Great movie. Great, great movie. And finally, 
my song pick. There is a uh, there's a song by Two Lanes featuring Trone called "Back to You." Now I wanted to play a little clip of that for you guys, but I didn't necessarily get the clearance I wanted before I would feel comfortable to play it. But in either case, great great tune. Go check it out. <laughs> so so that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for joining me. I know it was a little short, but I'll see you next time. Take care.